I think there's a long way to go with the neobank market. We've seen the first wave of the challenger banks, but from my perspective, I'm starting to see the, the second wave get ready to come to market. And I think there's some really exciting things uh, coming downstream. That may be so in terms of technology, but it's not just a matter of calling it the neobank market. It is the banking market because while neobanks might be bright, shiny, new and exciting, what they're trying to do is effectively what the traditional banks have done all along. They're just going to do it digitally. Is there a big enough marketplace for all these institutions? Yes, I think the COVID crisis has just exacerbated the need for all banks to really reinforce their thinking on their digital propositions. Obviously, there is a place for the branch, but it's not the exclusive definition of what people are looking for from banks going forward. So I think this has really been a wake up call for the incumbent banks as well to consider or reconsider the efficacy of their digital propositions. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think the whole of banking is continuing to evolve and this is this is an ongoing journey. Well, if we look at the digital banking market, it's on a journey. It's not a mature marketplace, is it? One of the things that we have already seen happen in the pandemic is that we've seen some closures and some delays. I'm thinking of Bo from Royal Bank of Scotland, Moven in the United States, and I believe uh, ABN AMRO has delayed launch of one of its digital propositions. Are all the challenges that we currently have, you say there's another wave coming, but are all the challenges we currently have going to survive? It's a good question. From my understanding of RBS Bow, the closure of that was not COVID related. Um, it's much more to do with the reorganisations within RBS itself. I do believe that they continue to have a strong desire to bring digital banking propositions to market. They've just decided that Bo was not the correct vehicle for them. Will we see other closures? Time will tell. Certainly the funding sources are being pickier as we move through the more challenging times. But I think there's just as likely to be more new propositions come to market and, you know, bring alternative, light and bright and interesting features for the consumers. Are we talking solely, you mentioned consumers there, are we talking solely about retail banking propositions or is this now propagating throughout the, the entirety of the banking marketplace? No, it's, it's not consumers at all. The particular interest area is SMEs because in many respects, you know, whilst the traditional banks treat them as businesses for smaller one to 20 size companies, they've, the individuals have learnt through their consumer propositions what's possible and they're wanting that same functionality on their business banking accounts and they don't see why it should be any more complicated to open or maintain a business account and I think we're seeing a lot of that particularly through the BCR grants that were allocated last year we saw a lot that was specifically aimed at the small and medium-sized businesses. It always used to be the case that SME business for banks was quite expensive because the bank had to devote just as much effort to the SME as it might have done to a larger entity for a smaller return. One of the advantages, I suppose, of offering a digital proposition to such customers 
is that it is actually cheaper to do that and therefore more achievable. It's much cheaper to set up and maintain and there are all sorts of features and functionality that the the traditional banks can't get near. If you look at Curve as an example, their proposition recognising that in small businesses there is an interplay between what, what cards you've got in your wallet at the time that you're making a transaction, the ability to be able to choose at the point of transaction which bank account a purchase is coming from, whether it's your personal or your business, and their additional functionality to actually go back in time and correct those things is is really quite significant. That said, the other issue that banks always had with SMEs that by the nature of the beast, SMEs can be fragile creatures and therefore are more risky than more established businesses, particularly under the current circumstances, is that not going to be a problem? That's not so much for me to determine, you know, what the the risk appetite for any bank is in, you know, their their decision making process on on opening a new account. But the risk is is maintained whether the, the choice of account is on the traditional or with one of the challenger banks, I would have thought. The traditional banks aren't standing still. They are investing in digital solutions. They have an incumbency and a market share, which confers certain advantages you know, size is an advantage all of its own, for mm-hmm. example. Absolutely. Size is absolutely an advantage. And, uh, you know, that brand awareness is, you know, it, it's u- ubiquitous. And we again focus on the UK, you know, any market town in any corner of the UK is aware of the, the names of the, the big four brands. And that will always be a challenge, you know, one of the many challenges for, uh, for the challenges. But they don't need to have achieved significant market share to become really established players. You know, they only need to, between them, have achieved a, you know, a, a 10% market share, say, to have made a significant dent on the market. The neobanks are still at an investment stage in terms of growing their business. To be mm-hmm. able to invest, they need to raise money. It's a little bit more difficult now for them to raise that money. Is that going to cause a problem for the evolution of the business? It's certainly a challenge for any business that is, you know, is not EBITDA positive, that they're dependent on the next race. And that path to profitability has now never been more important. And you can see right now in the market, the advantage that Revolut has having just completed a raise. I think it was in the in the February before the, the COVID impact took place. So from from that perspective, yes, the it, it's a lot harder for you know any business to to raise funds in in this scenario. And as I say, the the prof, path to profitability. So the business is really understanding where they're ultimately going going to uh, achieve revenue from is ever more important. Now, in, and in terms of achieving that revenue, where's the important area in the business of banking for the neo banks? Where's the money going to come from? What do they specifically need to be investing in from your perspective as a technology provider? What's the bit that's going to make them money? It's something that, uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, writing about, asking questions about. I would challenge some of the common themes. There's one school of thought that says, having the bank account as the primary account and having the wage go into that account is the nirvana, is the path to profitability in its own right. I would challenge that because I believe that 
when a bank has the the salary going in but then immediately a you know say a £1,000 withdrawal goes out the other side and all of the actual transactional spends happening on another account actually that uh, that primary bank account owner bank has lost visibility of the transactional profile and by by implication the knowledge of who that customer is, what their behaviours are, and any ability to be able to on-sell, cross-sell based on the requirements of that individual customer. So I think that argument for having the the primacy is, uh, is not necessarily true. Another area that can be quite interesting is where the challenger banks are moving into the various additional verticals whether it's uh, lending insurance or, or whatever else it is that they're looking to offer. The challenge for them on that with open banking is that it's becoming easier and easier to compare uh, across the market for any one of those verticals. And so effectively, you've potentially got a race to the bottom price-wise on each one of those verticals and the ability for an individual, a consumer, to multi-bank or have different providers for different aspects of what they're looking for. So again, it's a commonly held belief that actually moving to lending or moving into insurance is the the bit that's going to create the revenue. But I think open banking is creating its own challenges for people in those areas. What you're reinforcing to me is something that I've thought for a long time, and that is banking is basically a commodity business. Exactly right. It's becoming increasingly a commodity business. And I think ultimately where the real value is, is um, in understanding the consumer or the SME. And so it's that harnessing the power of the the information of the consumer. It's data, isn't it? It's data. It's It's all all about data. So I don't need to have the, the prime bank account. I just need to have the knowledge of what the consumer is doing, whether that consumer is a business consumer or, or a private consumer. I need to understand what their spending patterns are. I need to be able to tailor my product offerings to those spending patterns or possibly to extrapolate from them. To ex- extrapolate, to recognize behaviors, to be able to personalize loyalty in order to, for example, recognize that an insurance renewal is is coming up and enable something to be proactively offered, to recognize when somebody's forgotten to tap out of the underground and remind them to go and claim a refund. You know, that's real value add. 